It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Hey, here we are back in studio. Wow. Look at this outfit that Mike has on. Mike, you got to show people your pants. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. See the pants. Show off the goods. I, came in. It was... I mean, what is happening here? Bro. Well, this is how bizarre Mike is that his uncle bought a gift for him that was, and this was like a normal gift because Mike is an oddball. Well, they were on my Amazon <laughs> wish list. And were they really? I did, no. Yeah, they were. I don't take offense yes. to your um, categorization of it's me as an oddball. oddball. Not at all. What do I care? <laughs> These are very comfortable. They breathe well. Yeah. Um, I wanted to show them off. It was a nice gift. And so, why not? You I know, love it. What am I, who am I trying to impress? Were, and I, by the way, oddball to me is a compliment because people that are not oddballs, and it's because I could think of myself as an oddball also, uh, people that are not oddballs are boring. They are, right? I have no interest in people that are not oddballs. No, it's tedious. Have you ever been to like a backyard barbecue exactly, with a bunch, with of, a bunch like, of squares? Oh my gosh. Now, we're all oddballs in different ways. G is definitely an oddball as well. He sits up all night watching YouTube videos yeah, I'm and strange. playing I'm Pokemon. Strange. I don't yeah. know what he's I'm doing. strange as hell. Yeah. But them pants, I, I see them. That myself, crazy. Bro. There's only a couple people in the world can get them off. Yeah, who's Only that? a couple people. You. Other than me. Gold Dust. Mm hmm. Um, Maybe like two Kardashians. Two Carrot Top. Yeah. Get that off. <laughs> mm-hmm. He did? No. No, no don't yeah. wish that into the world. He takes steroids now. Yeah, yeah, he's jacked, that guy. Yeah, he's it's disturbing. You ever met him? No, I have not. But it is a disturbing contrast, like how Jack Carrot yeah. Top is. Are we gingers are not supposed to get that Is cut it because up. everybody would make fun of him, and now he's like, I could better be able to I kick think their so, ass. but I think it's like so much more easy to make fun of him when he's yeah. jacked, right? Yeah. Like, Does it, anybody find him funny? He's actually, I think he's very talented. I think he's extremely funny. It's not my brand. Yeah. It's nothing that I, but I think, I mean, the guy's had like a residency in Vegas for like 20 years yeah. because. I mean, so obviously people like Yeah, him. Midwest really likes his stuff. He's, I think he's very creative, very yeah. smart. I can't crap on Carrot Top, although Chairman of the Board is one of the worst movies of all time you've ever seen. If you <laughs> I have, have not seen it. It's awful. We got to we gotta take a, di- a deep dive into, into your, uh, your comedian. Who do you think? Who is really funny, and and how I have a theory that it, you know if you're a funny comedian, you only have a three year shelf life. Mm. Like, who who was the wasn't the guy called Larry the Cable Guy? Right, right, yeah. Like, yeah, the, but the, some the guys, yeah, he was popular big for a while. And then but there were some off. guys that I mean, remember for a while when I was like a teenager, Andrew Dice Clay was like the biggest Huge. star. And Huge. I never found him funny. Yeah. But, um, I think he'd be considered mildly problematic today. Yeah. You think? I do. Just if he didn't change By the way, that. it's funny because, like, recently I got into uh, – because sometimes it's like I talk sports all the time, and then when we talk – and it's like I get in the car, I don't want to listen to sports anymore. No, yeah. So there's nothing worth listening to. So um, I, I've been listening to some of the comedy channels mm-hmm. on Sirius. Mm-hmm. And so I find – like, I've you know, I, I, I knew some comedians, whatever, but 
I, I, yeah, and there's some comedians I see their name, I'm out because it's yeah. not my cup of tea. Me, you know, other people like them. But usually, I don't find Southern comedians funny ever. Almost mm. never. Interesting. But there's a guy, every time I hear him, that cracks me up. His name is Nate Bargatze. You know mm-hmm. him? I don't know him personally, but yeah, he's very funny. He is really funny, this guy. I gotta, Got I a good draw, him. though. You're right. Yeah, there's something about it. Usually, those Southern comedians, they tell him like, all these Southern jokes. I don't know. He's just really... He is. He's very good. He's really funny. I'm yeah. not into the... Um, What's his name? That uh, Jeffrey Wright is it? Stephen Wright. Stephen, Stephen Wright. Wright. Yeah, you don't like, like that Stephen type Wright. of comedy, right? The one, it, who's the other guy that does that type of shtick? It was Mitch Hedberg. Right, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, that's those, not my cup of tea. Those kind of weird esoteric one-liner. Kind yeah, of, yeah, you yeah. don't like those. No, yeah, different okay. strokes for different folks. Exactly. Who's your I don't favorite? like puppets, so I'm not a big puppets. Jeff Dunham fan. No, I'm not like Jeff. But some people like puppets. Yeah, Go watch your puppets. It. You like bro comedy? You like the Dane Cooks? No, I'm not much of a bro comedy I'm guy either. No, not really. I like annoying for like four seconds. Too. Uh, everybody loved Jeff, Jim Gaffigan, and I wasn't really into him. Now I've totally gotten into him. Okay, I think yeah. he's great now. I think Dane Cook at the time, I enjoyed I enjoyed Dane Cook at the time of Dane Cook. I did, because yeah. I thought he was very, I was younger, and he was right. very, he was very, like, he was a great performer. Yeah. I mean, and he was, you know, but I, yeah, I didn't, I grew out of him. You know, like, a lot of, that happens. Who's your favorite right now? Um, there's a guy named John Mulaney who I think is the funniest. Okay, yeah, he's my, he he's, he's, I think he's the funniest pound McNuggets for pound. McNuggets and I saw him live when he came to Cleveland. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Although, good. and he's like, just got, he just got, uh, divorced because he got all coked up again. Yeah. And then, so he, I don't, I don't wish that into the world, yeah. but now he's touring again. I'm like, I want to see that post-divorce coke, coke oh, tour. Because oh, yeah, yeah, you know he's going to have some Paul, great stuff to say. That would be good. Yeah, I, you know, I also like, um, oh, gosh, I just forgot his name. He had a TV show on HBO for a little while. He doesn't curse in his comedy. Well, neither does Gaffigan, and, and neither does... Uh, but, but, oh, shoot. How it's, much are people hating us just kind of remembering the names of comedians know, right now? I don't mind, personally. The I'm just wondering about the audience. They don't care for it. What if we say Deshaun You're Watson? Hating it. You're right in the middle it. of it. Once, Jay, we're was, gonna get once again, I threw a whole grenade into the rundown. Yeah, how did that come in? Uh, Sorry about that. Comedy. I, I said. But the bottom line is yes. we love the pants. And they're think crazy. about this. If somebody's cruising through right now are, and they're seeing just this live stream, they're going to click to see, like, why is he wearing pants? Exactly. Pants. This thumbnail is probably going to get us, like, an extra, like, at least 10 clicks. <laughs> That's Somebody true. probably clicked on just now because they saw these pants. You fell for it. We got you. Stick around. We've got some great stuff they're for right. you today. Does he have underwear? By the way, I've been watching this show on Hulu called uh, Welcome to Chip. Chippendales. Oh, yeah, you told, yeah, you right. said I, that. I haven't seen before. it yet. And like that, I picture, you know, a lot of the Chippendales sure. dancers. So you could become a Chippendale You know, I actually, this I as know. part of my long storied life that you guys will never understand, I actually did, as for a story package for Fox 8, dance with the Chippendale dancers. Oh, you did? I did not, in Vegas, I did not get, obviously, full Monty, because <laughs> it was. You should have. No, I should have gone all the way. It I was, was local Cleveland television. <laughs> I couldn't have my donger. I, was, I wouldn't have anyways. Can you imagine? I was about to say, please don't. He, he, if you would have hit me with the. No, you, you no, do, no, no, you no. You know I was a male dancer at one point. No, uh, it was like a jokey thing. I had the bow tie on and I was shirtless and stuff. It was pa- very pasty, very gross. But I'll tell you what, though. Go Mike Polk. We take, we record, we, at that story, we recorded their, like, part after their show. They, you don't record the show, obviously, but as part of the package. Yeah. Women are amped up after that yeah. thing. If you were a creeper dude in Vegas, that show's going on every night. This is my advice if you're visiting Vegas. Find out where the Chippendale show is. Wait. And then just, if you're a creep, say you're some creep. And, you know. I think you're advising creeps right now. Just letting you know. Yeah. If you, you know, as long as you're an above board creep. You don't yeah. do anything, you know. Yeah. But if you're just looking for ladies or something like that, 
They get them all, all those probably mostly gay oiled up dudes on stage, get yeah. them all amped up for you. And then they, when they're just coming out, it's just like, it's just like a trout, trout all, coming up the stream. RBIs, you can just, just be a bear and grab them coming down the all river. You, all you gotta do is deliver them. <laughs> it's already been set up. Hey, yeah. you, you, it's listen, like the balls on the team. Hey, listen, sacrifice fly works, bro. Yep. <laughs> So take that's my advice. All right, guys. I think we're gonna switch it up here. Why? From, from comedy <laughs> okay. to uh, naked men uh-huh. to, to a man with a great body. That's Miles Garrett. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Miles Garrett. Absolutely. Uh, before we do that, you know how Miles Garrett got so strong, Anthony? Uh, yeah, Miles Garrett. He loves to eat Built Bars. Can confirm go. he got some for Christmas using code LOCKEDON15. And as we transition into Browns Talk, we like to remind everybody that Browns Talk is sponsored by Cuyahoga Community College. Tri-C supports the <laughs> yeah. students financially, professionally, and personally, and opens up the door for endless possibilities. Tri-C is where futures start. Start now. Classes begin January 17th, 2023. Most of my friends went there. Mm-hmm. Again, Anthony's from Parma. That's why he says Cuyahoga. I feel like only yeah, people sorry. from Parma say Cuyahoga. It's Cuyahoga. Tri-C, great college. Great All college. Right. Miles Garrett, guys, you know, the news broke when we were on the show yesterday, G, and um, now that you've had 24 hours to let it settle in, give us your first thoughts on on Miles Garrett being held out of that first series. Well, that was the first shot. That's the, it's, it's the Cold War. You know, um, I talked about this a little bit, um, and everyone likes to kind of, you know, you know, tamp down. It's not nothing much here. But let me tell you this, man. Kevin Stefanski and, and Miles Garrett have had a smoldering Cold War for a while. Um, you talk about the incidents in which Miles Garrett, uh, you know, would call out the offense or the defense and saying that you're not having no adjustments. He's been very vocal about certain defensive uh, adjustments. He's also been a dude that will talk to the media. So when you look at what he said, to or when you look at what uh, Coach Stefanski said, and he came out and said, "Yeah, that, that's that's my uh, my choice." I think this is the first of a, of something that you're gonna have to watch for the next year or, or so, because that him Miles Garrett or whatever the case. I think Mary Kay has already come out and said it was due to something like maybe not reporting something uh, as far as his illness or something. That seems to me um, as Low-key passive-aggressive energy. That's something you could do. Like, that's something that, you know, if there is a protocol towards what you got to talk about or report to somebody, that's something he probably could have did, right? But my problem is, or my thought process is, Miles Garrett, like a lot of other people, do not like what's going on inside the Browns coaching staff. So, and I've said it before, what's the best way to get under a coach's skin is do your, start doing your own stuff. And you'll start to get that attention. And that's the way you saying protesting. I don't like this, you know, and it's almost showing them showing away. Well, look, he's telling he's sitting me down for not reporting this, that and the third. He said Joe Woods down nowhere and he didn't mention Joe Woods by name. So he's just setting up like you look, you have a lot of other things to worry about besides me being ill. I show up. I get 15 sacks a year regardless. Is this the hill you want to die on? I think this is a part of a, of a bigger conversation as long as this thing keeps going forward. Mike, what say you? I don't think it matters all that much, frankly. I think that it's overblown. I know that we don't aren't, aren't supposed to be uh, <clears throat> in the know about what, what happened, but it's an internal thing. I don't see why we – this seems like one of those things that it just I, – 
I know we feel like we're we have we're some duty to get the truth out about these things, mm -hmm. but what good usually comes of that? Sometimes it's better off if you just they obviously don't want to talk about it. Let's just like let her lie. What do you say? I mean, if it becomes a recurrent thing, then you you know you're you have to do something about it. Obviously, I think though what's interesting is what what could it have been if he got any sort of disciplinary action? What could it have been that was worse than him speeding and wrecking his car during a pivotal part of the season because he didn't receive any kind of a punishment for that so yeah that we know of i mean that right. we know of. right well we didn't see it no obviously he, no. as soon as he was healthy again he didn't he didn't get set for one snap for that and so like uh whatever it was apparently there was something recurrent that they finally had to address so that might lead towards being a speeding ticket, maybe, or something like that. But uh, even even that's just reckless speculation on my part. But it is strange that whatever that he didn't receive any kind of punishment for that. Which, even at the time, I know that it's uh, it's very hard to uh, sound like uh, anybody should take me seriously when I'm wearing this kimono and these pants. But no, you shouldn't. We didn't even address the kimono, by no, the way. No, I know, I know. Well, what else goes with these pants? That's true. Other than and yeah. by, I own this kimono yeah. before Christmas. No, but. Well, like, even at that time, I remember I was, and you guys kind of gave me the business just a little bit because I was just, like, mad at Miles Garrett for doing that. Right. And that was when the city was still in its, like, um, phase where we were just, like, we were sort of acting like he was a hero for getting into a car wreck. We're like, like as if that he was attacked by a road or something <laughs> like that. You know, we were just like, can you believe that that Medina road just came out of nowhere and almost hurt our best player? But, we, but in reality... I was doing 100 down a farm road in Medina. Could have hurt somebody else. Could have gotten way, could have been way worse. But we were all just so grateful at that point that he wasn't injured that we just sort of like just forgot to like get mad at him for it. So maybe maybe it has something to do with that. But regardless, I'm fine with just letting it lie. At this point in the season, do we really need to? What do you think? Well, here's here's my take on the situation, guys. First of all, there's a lot of people all year that have been getting mad at Kevin Stefanski. And there's a lot of things to get mad at Kevin Stefanski about that are legit. His job, he did not do a good job this year. If I, if forget grades, if I have to go thumbs up or thumbs down, simple like that, on the job Kevin Stefanski did in 2022, I give him a thumbs down. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I would give him a thumbs down for two out of three years. And if it becomes three out of four, then he loses his job. But he may lose it before that. However, in this particular case, many of us have been saying, where's the accountability? Why is there no accountability? Well, in this case, he there has there is some level of accountability for his star player. And now people are mad. Some people are mad. I'm not so sure if you're mad. Are you mad that he got suspended, G? No, that's not that, suspended, but no, nah, benched I, for a series. I, I don't really care. Like, I mean, if you want to bench him for a series. Yeah, I think I think more of these players behavior is undercover protesting. But to me, and you may be right. To me, that's disappointing. And I, and, and whether Miles Garrett probably doesn't give a rat's ass whether I'm disappointed in him or not. Uh, but I find it disappointing because clearly Miles Garrett has made at least two bad decisions this year. He was recklessly driving that led to his accident. Mm -hmm. And I, like many, just gave it a pass because, like, you know, we've all, most of us have done it. Right. We've, most of us have recklessly dr driven. But when we do it, like with Miles Garrett, it's a bad choice. I have been a reckless driver at times. Mm -hmm. It was a bad choice by me. I got lucky that I didn't flip my car. Same thing here. Miles Garrett was being a reckless driver. It was a bad choice. Now, we all make bad choices sometimes. Now, but this, but what happened in this case.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we don't know exactly what happened. Yes, Mary Kay is reporting that um, he was sick. Maybe there was some lack of communication here. We've heard some other things behind the scenes. Who knows exactly what's happening? But... If Miles Garrett is is pissed because he has no help on the defensive line mm-hmm. and he's been here a number of years and they've not really given him any help and he's frustrated the team's losing and he wants to go to the playoffs, that I get. Totally. Right. If at the end of this season, he wants to demand the trade. If I'm the Browns, I wouldn't trade him. But if he wants to demand the trade, that I get. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But if your protest is to not show up or miscommunicate – the week of a game when as slim as their chances were, the playoffs were still on the line, uh, to me, that's being a bad leader. Yeah. He's not just a teammate. He is a leader. He is a captain of this team. And that doesn't mean now I think he's a bad guy or a bad human being or any of that. I don't think we need to make it bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. But I think he made a bad choice here. And I think it's important that Kevin Stefanski did what he did because in, in, in life, too often, whether it's sports, politics, whatever it is, uh, media, stars get away with stuff that the regular Joes don't. And I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. Whether it's nepotism, sexism, classism, right? Rich people get away with stuff that poor people don't. Mm-hmm. Racism, all the isms you want, right? These things play, uh, play a big factor. And in reality, I understand that's just always the way it's going to be. It sucks. I don't like it. But but things, in a perfect world, things should be fair. Right. If, if, I, if I'm on a football team and I do something that violates team rules and I'm the 53rd man on the roster, I should get the same penalty as the number one guy on the roster. There shouldn't be a harsher penalty for me because I'm the 53rd guy. It should be the same thing. Now, obviously, things don't generally work that way. The way life goes. It it is the way life goes, but if I was in charge of the world, it wouldn't go that way. (laughs) I'm going to give you an example of this. I'm going to give you an example. When I was at OU, uh, we went one and two in my year. Worst year of my life. Now I came out of high school. Our, our existing coaching staff, everybody, every one of them had left and went to Wake Forest. Right. They left one coach behind, and I was in between thinking, like, okay, do I want to transfer or stay here? I decided they talked me into staying there. Right. So they, I'm there. <clears throat> we get our coach, who was a previous coach, and we go 1 in 10. After we go 1 in 10, I'm rethinking a bunch of stuff. It was the most miserable year of my life. Like, I didn't know what offense we was running. The defense, they completely switched. By the time we got to the second year under this coach, they brought in another coach that was my D-line coach, and and he didn't know anything. He was like a – he had just came from some high school. He played safety. And he's telling me, like, about D-line. And I'm like, bro, this dude has no clue. 
And then there was it was a time it just dawned on me. I'm out, I'm screwed. I am completely screwed here. These guys, we have no chance of winning. The game plans was rudimentary. We was running the ball option on fourth and nine. We were getting blown out. So you know what I started to do? I started to do little things that I just I felt like didn't count. They would be like, all right, you're not allowed wearing your socks high. I go get the longest socks I could find. On principle. On, just on principle. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we said you couldn't wear socks. And I remember going to an office and being like, you worry about my socks. But you, your coordinator is calling the worst calls of all time. Mm-hmm. They're unorganized. They don't know what you're doing. And you're worried about my socks. So you're saying they're reacting. That's your theory is they're reacting to yeah. poor, poor management and coaching and leadership. Yeah. So when you got somebody in front of you and you watch that game plan and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's no way we can win doing this. And you keep losing and you keep losing. You keep losing. And you're looking at your head coach like, please do something about this. Get this dude the heck up out of here and he doesn't do anything, then you start to look at him and say, you're sacrificing my career. Mm-hmm. You're sacrificing the well-being of the team. And you won't get rid of him, and you don't even have a good reason not to. Mm-hmm. So what reason do I got to report to you? I'm not reporting nothing. Take, do but what in you the need. end, in this case, they're still fighting for the playoffs. And he's letting down his teammates. When you're a captain, G., Mm-hmm. You have a responsibility to your teammates to be a good leader, to be a good example. I get it. And he's spoken out, and I don't have a problem when he speaks out and he's critical of the, of the coaches. I don't have a problem with that. And I wouldn't have a problem if Kevin Stefanski ripped the players. He that, doesn't do that, but I wouldn't have a problem with it. I believe it's a, it, it's, it, he's the leader. Yeah. So if, if they cool with him doing that, that means everybody think that way. He wouldn't do this if, if there was people in the locker room that thought differently of the staff. Right. Because guess what? Certain people will pull you aside and be like, yo, what are you doing, bro? We need blah, 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 blah. We, got, we still got a chance. Right. Because the leader is doing that, that means he got a bunch of people behind him saying, you know what? We done gave with Listen, this is, we throw our hands up too. We ain't got no time for it. One of the issues with this is, is that we talk about Miles Garrett <clears throat> as a leader. And I feel like that's something, a role that we have really thrust him into because of his ability and because of his tenure. I don't think that he, I, and I'm not trying to put him on the couch or anything like that. I don't pretend to understand the inner workings of Miles Garrett, but I don't think, I, I've never gotten the impression that he's a natural leader or a very comfortable natural leader. I think it's been thrust upon him again because he's so good yeah. that we're just like, well, he's the best. Sometimes just be by being really good at what you do, people just assume that you are in That's charge fair. of that. You know what I mean? And I don't, well, even, even when we hear about him as a leader, I, I, I don't think he's ever been fully comfortable in that role. And it's ideally on your team that uh, your best player will also be your best leader. Uh, that's not always the case, though. Sometimes some of the best leaders are some of your more sub, subpar players, and sometimes your best players aren't great leaders, uh, and sometimes it's in between. And I think I, that he's an example of that. I, I think that's fair. I think that's a problem the Browns have in general. I mean, Nick Chubb does all the right things. Yeah. Said, never says anything wrong. But he also never says, not, come on, guys, follow right, me like, into the breach. He doesn't seem like and, – and, again, maybe behind the scenes he is a little more we've fiery. Never gotten I don't know. Any, we've never gotten any word but, of that. But the star players on this team don't appear to be like rah-rah leader guys. Ray lewis enough. When you say – when people say he's lost the locker room, Stefanski has lost the team. Yeah. No one really drills down on what that really means. Mm-hmm. Well, but do you think that's the case? Because you think Stefanski's lost a lot of locker room. I think Stefanski 
the, every single week. Yeah, he keeps Joe Woods on his staff. He loses credibility because it, it because every week you don't make any chances. He's yeah. preaching to these people. We're trying to put you in the best position to make plays. And then you hear people on the defensive coaching staff say it was it was tough because we yeah, that was embarrassing. And, and so yeah. think about that as a defensive player. You're like, how can you say that? You you are a leader of men. Men aren't stupid. These guys aren't dumb. These dudes have been playing football for years since they was kids, and they know Joe Woods is costing them games. I, I think it's fair to say that the defense. Listen, I don't know anybody personally in the locker room. I know you've had some communications when I, you know, but for the people that've been in the locker room, we've heard the team doesn't believe in Joe Woods, but the, that Kevin Stefanski has not lost the team. However, I do think if the team doesn't believe in Joe Woods, that you're probably right, that there has been some loss of faith in Kevin Stefanski. The question is, if he comes back for a fourth year and he hires a better defensive coordinator that the team believes in, can he regain that faith? Yeah, he, 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 can, he can get it back. Yeah. Um, they just looking forward to him to be like, no, you're the ultimate leader. You the dude over everything. Right. You can go change it. I remember being mad when I was upset. I used to do things like I would get seals on my report cards. My mom was very strict. And she would put me she on punishment and say, you can't play video games for nine weeks. You can't do this for a few weeks. You're not going to be able to go outside and do this. But the one thing my dad always did, which I always appreciated, was even when she would be upset that I got seized and she wanted to take it to another step and say, that I can't play sports. My father knew that as a young black man, that's the only thing that's keeping this dude that's six foot four to 250 pounds from being in the streets, even though I got a mom and dad. So he would step in and say, well, yeah, you're not going to play no video games and you're not going to do that. But on the other hand, I'm going to go to bat for you because I think that's out of pocket. We, I understand the greater good. And when you look at I, I respected him as the leader of our household because he understood the moment. And he said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And people look forward to Kevin Stefanski to say when it's terrible play calls or when there's something not going right, they want him to walk over to that defensive room, knock on the door, be like, ah, we're not running that no more. Yeah. And, and that's fair. I also don't think it's mutual. I, I, I get. I understand Miles Garrett's frustration more than anybody else on this team. He's been here a long time. He and Batonio have been here the longest, right? And he has to. De- and 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 Batonio's had good players put around him on the offensive line, and Miles Garrett hasn't. I mean, they've had nothing but trash, Zero. pretty much a defensive tackle. Clowney's been solid at times, but he's not a big time pass rusher. He's he's a better run stopping defensive end than he is a pass rusher. And when you look at the other great pass rushers in the league, they generally have a lot more talent around them than Miles Garrett does. So there are people who are stupid who say Miles Garrett's not that good because maybe he's not, he at times is not as impactful as some of the other pass rushers. And and yeah, he doesn't put up some sometimes the stats that those other guys do because those other guys aren't getting double teamed nearly as much mm-hmm. as Miles Garrett is. Right. That's a factor. But for me, I hold Miles Garrett to such a high standard that even with his frustration and as pissed as he is about Joe Woods, and I agree with him, and as pissed as he is that, that, that Kevin Stefanski has left Joe Woods in there, I still think it's the wrong call, in my opinion, for him to handle it this way. Because 
There's other ways that he could do it. I right. I, I'll agree with that. I'm not. I, I think there's a definite other way you can handle yourself, um, other than just throwing a grenade in the room and watching it go off. Right. Yeah. Right. There, there's an opportunity for you to go up to talk to Coach Stefanski. If Miles Garrett really wanted to be effective, he go talk to the owner. I wonder if that's happened. I wonder if 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 Miles Garrett has sat down with Kevin Stefanski and. Put it out and hey, Joe Woods is not. Can, can, we got to replace him. If not, then what is the holdup? I mean, you got to be, you got to man up and do that, don't yeah. you? Isn't that on now, him at some point? My, like Miles Garrett. Garrett. Sure, he's I would've, got to have that conversation. I would wonder if they've had that conversation. Now, he can't beat around the bush and just be like, "Boy, I wish there were some changes around here." You got to go right up, and it, or else you can't be mad about it. Right, and I'm sure. In my opinion, I, I have to believe Kevin Stefanski would may he may not ultimately fire Joe Woods, but I, I would have to imagine if Miles Garrett wanted the audience for that kind of conversation. I would guess that Stefanski would give it. And it's also up to Stefanski, though, if he is even sensing that that might be an issue, to call Miles Garrett into his office and say, how do you feel? That should have happened. Maybe it has. Both those things should have already happened. Absolutely. If we're at this point and neither of those things have happened, then that's gross misconduct on both of their parts. And and I, I I will always say this, though. You go look at Joe Thomas's career, and I asked him, one of the first questions I ever asked on this show was when Joe Thomas was on, I said, would you rather a Super Bowl ring or a gold jacket? And he paused and he said, that's so hard because the ultimate goal of anybody to play is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And Joe Thomas, we see his career. The messed up part about it is we will never mention him as an all-time top 10 great player because he does not have anything to show for his time here. And he went through ineptness after ineptness and he was loyal and he said the right stuff. He never rocked a boat, but he retired with no rings and not even sniffing the playoffs. Nah, that's true. So when you watch that, nobody's going to go up to Joe Thomas and say, good job for not calling Rochazinski out. Mm-hmm. It was great that you didn't, didn't say right. anything he bad about that. He went the Pat opposite. Sherman. In fact, he always used to praise every coach as if they were he great. He praised them. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like you, Miles Garrett, you looking at this and be like, yeah. well, I saw the way it worked with that. Yeah. I know for a fact I'm probably going to get that gold jacket, but damn it. I, I I I need to I need to have something to show for this, and right now they don't. Yeah. Let's bring Mary Kay Cabot in. We love Mary Kay. She covers the Browns, of course. She has forever. Look not at that. Forever. Let's not look at that away. Christmas tree. Look at, or Gorgeous. at a different angle. Wow. wow. Different <laughs> angle. Hi, Mary Kay. You, did you have a nice Christmas? I really did. I had a great Christmas. Uh, my daughter from uh, that lives in Can- that's going to school in Canada right now. Right. Uh, came home. She hasn't been home for three years for Christmas, so that was great. And uh, you can see our lovely Christmas tree here, oh, yeah. which I love. every year I love my Christmas tree so much. So I had to sit in front of it for this. Mary Kay, where's she uh, at in Canada in college and uh, what she's studying? Isn't she the one who's the acrobat? Yes, she is. So uh, cool. She is an acrobat and she is in a uh, she's in a circus in Quebec City. It's uh, sort of Cirque du Soleil type training and uh, it's it's pretty cool. That's crazy. So does she like come into the house and start doing flips and jumps and all kinds of things when she comes home? She's been flipping around this house since she was two years old. So yeah, you just never know. You know, you're going to see her with her, uh, you know, leg up next to her ear, or whatever the case may be. That's right. cool. That's like a superpower. Just to be able to, like, ba- you know, that is. Yeah. Hey, yes. hey, Mary Kay, let's let's talk about this this situation with Miles Garrett. I know you reported yesterday that he was sick. There was some miscommunication. Have we learned anything more since you last put out that that article? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the only thing is that, um, you know, one of my takeaways from the whole thing is that 
uh, Kevin Stefanski is not playing favorites here, even though uh, Miles Garrett is the star player, the leader of the team, a team captain. Uh, he made some kind of a, a mistake, apparently, according to the team, and uh, you know, and they disciplined him accordingly. Uh, we won't. You, we don't usually talk to Miles until Friday, so I don't know if that will be the case. Uh, this week when we get back into locker room starting tomorrow. Um, but, you know, we will eventually get his side of the story probably if he decides that he wants to talk about it or he might not talk about it because uh, he chose not to talk about it, uh, you know, to this point. Right. So I don't think it's a huge, huge deal, uh, but I do think it's significant that that Kevin disciplined him the way he would any other player in this situation. You know, Mary Kay, when you look at it, uh, this conversation, we just talked about it um, with me and Bull, and we said, hey, why don't those guys get in a room and just kind of talk things out? Maybe there's some frustration there. I, obviously, when you're losing, Miles been here seven years. They haven't really uh, made a dent in, into making the playoffs or going deeper in the playoffs. And obviously, everybody wants to win at the highest levels. Have you uh, have you heard uh, in the last few years of, of sitting down with Miles Garrett and Stefanski, just talking about everything from the scheme to you know not really being successful uh, in the playoffs? Have those guys sat down and kind of hashed it out yet? Well, certainly they they need to continue to do that. And Miles has gotten very vocal over the last couple of years, so I would think that uh, you know that Miles will hash whatever he needs to out with anyone he'll he'll talk to i'm sure andrew barry or jimmy haslam that's the level of player uh that he is so you definitely want to listen to what he has to say now i think it's been sort of significant that over the past couple of weeks he has come out uh, in strong support of joe woods which i was a little bit surprised of that about that i thought perhaps uh, you know, that, that at least he, he wouldn't be as vocal about it or just kind of lay low if he felt a certain kind of way. But uh, he actually has come out in support of Joe. Now, I don't know if that will mean anything in terms of Joe keeping his job, coming back as defensive coordinator. Um, but I do think it's significant when your star player seems to be in your corner. Mary Kay, it's two seasons in a row that are going to end in disappointment, end under 500. We can make all the excuses and the reasons we want. I was just saying this to G yesterday because, like, when when the Brown when when Watson got suspended for eleven games, G and I both picked the Browns to go eight and nine. However, if you had told the, part of the reason we both picked them to go eight and nine is because we thought Jacoby Brissett would not really play that well. At least that's why I thought. If I knew going into the season that Jacoby Brissett would play as well as he did, I would have picked them to win probably ten games. So to me, based on how Brissett played, they should have been better because the defense has been a huge disappointment. So to me, you know, Watson being suspended is not an excuse for them to finish with eight wins or less. Two disappointing seasons in a row. Is there any chance that Kevin Stefanski's job is in danger heading into these last two weeks? Well, first of all, I agree with you on, on what you just said. I 100% think that they should be contending for the playoffs right now. They should be in the mix, and there's no excuse for it. And you're right. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett did his job. Uh, he exceeded expectations. And if Absolutely. the defense and special teams had just carried their weight, uh, they would have a couple of more victories right now, and they would be in the thick of it heading into these last two games. And that's definitely how it should have gone. However, I don't think that Kevin is on the hot seat uh, because I do think he does get somewhat of a pass this year 
uh, because of what happened with Deshaun. And I also don't think that this organization wants to pull the plug on Kevin Stefanski when he's only had six games with Deshaun Watson. The good times supposedly are about to roll beginning next year, and they don't want to shake everything up. I really believe that that they want him to be here and to see this thing through. And then the other part of that is that one of the reasons Deshaun Watson wanted to come here was because of Kevin Stefanski, because of the session that they had together when the Browns flew to Houston and how he felt about their conversation just about football. So I do think that everyone wants to see how these two guys are going to fare together. Mary Kay, your background looks so good that it looks green screened, by the way. <laughs> just so you know right now, it does. Uh, we, you were, we were talking earlier about Miles Garrett and how he feels about Joe Woods. He's going on the record supporting him. Um, and we focus on Miles Garrett, obviously, because he's Miles Garrett and he's the focal point of the defense. But what about anybody else on the defense? Have you gotten a vibe? I mean, has anybody else gone on the record for or against Joe Woods on the defense outside of Miles Garrett? And if not, then have you gotten a vibe from them one way or the other? Well, first of all, most guys on the record are, of course, going to support their coaches and their defensive coordinators most of the time. And, you know, you're not going to stand up at a microphone uh, most of the time and say, no, we, we think this guy needs to go. I mean, that, that usually doesn't happen, obviously. So I understand what you're saying. Is there a vibe? Now, the reason why I do think it's significant when Miles does it is because uh, he doesn't really pull any punches. And if he feels a certain kind of way, uh, you know, I don't think he would stand up there and say the things that he did. So I thought that was significant. Um, but it just in terms of the the vibe from uh, the from some of the other guys, I, I think there probably are some guys here and there that think that, you know, maybe things could have been a little bit different. Maybe they could have been used a little bit differently. And these are all things that will have to be scrutinized and examined after the season. And those players should definitely speak up. They should speak up to Kevin, they should speak up to Andrew Barry or whoever uh, they feel that they need to do that with to make sure that everybody is on the same page and ready to roll for next season. Now, when Miles says that, is that a signal to the rest of the locker room? Is that his way of saying, does he have that kind of sway on the defense where that's a signal to the locker room, him saying, we support this guy as a unit? Does he have that much sway? And if so, do they listen when he does that? He does have that much sway in the locker room, and they do listen. Now, the other thing about that is that, you know, he may, they were still in the thick of things, at least, you know, to a degree. Uh, they still had things to play for when he made those statements. So he might have been, a, you know, been also trying to kind of get everybody focused, get everybody's heads together, make sure that they could get through their last three, four games together uh, and all be pulling in the same direction instead of everything going haywire. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe he doesn't necessarily 100 uh, percent feel that way or believe that should go down that way. Uh, but in that moment, that's what needed to be said. You know, Mary Kay, I, I want to kind of parse this out a little bit. There was um, there was a comment Andrew Berry made. I, I want to say. Um, it was at the bye week. And Andrew Barry said that um, we have just as much faith in Kevin Stefanski now as we did when we hired him. Now, when you when he says we, uh, I do believe Kevin Stefanski was here before Andrew Barry. Is that correct? Yes, but you know what? They were still part of a package deal because 
uh, Paul De Podesta and Andrew Berry wanted to hire Kevin Stefanski when John Dorsey hired uh, Freddie Kitchens. So they were sort of a package deal, even though the timing might have been a little bit different. So, uh, you know, when Andrew Berry says that, uh, and when he says we, he's talking about Paul De Podesta, he's talking about the Haslam's, he's talking about the whole ownership group, J.W. Johnson. Uh, they're all still in alignment on that. So. I, I guess the question I'm getting at here is if they decide to prefer or the strength and conditioning or the defensive coordinator or the scouting, who's making the de- who's making the decision as to whether to move on from those guys? Is that up to it? Does does the fancy get the last say in that or is that going to be a deeper Desta, Andrew Barry, a little bit of Kevin Stefanski making the decision as a whole? I would think that uh, it will be an organizational decision. I don't think that they will leave Kevin Stefanski to have to make those big decisions all on his own. I think they will collaborate. It will be uh, Kevin sitting down with Andrew. They work so closely together. So those two guys will basically kind of be driving the bus uh, with plenty of input from Paul De Podesta and I'm sure from the ownership group as well. Uh, but Kevin won't just, you know, be sitting in an office deciding, hey, I think I need a new defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. They will collaborate. Mary Kay, how much, you know, often on the show, um, some of the guys complain that Kevin Stefanski really is like, I do the offense and I leave the defense. Is he involved at all? And if so, how much with the defense during the week? He's involved, yes. He, he is involved with the defense, not anywhere near, of course, as much as he is with the offense because he has to help install the game plan and he's going to be calling it. So I think for the most part, uh, he trusts Joe to do his job over there and to trust the offensive staff. But he does have to oversee everything, and the buck stops at his desk. So uh, I do think that uh, you know he is involved to a degree, but not anywhere near as much as he is on offense. Mary Kay, you know, Kevin Stefanski is not, and he doesn't need to be, like his personality is what it is. Sometimes the fans want him to yell more or like, but you, like he's just kind of a mild-mannered guy. Even even when they win and he does the speech in the locker room, like it's not the most fiery speech on the face of the earth. So my thought is if they do move on from Joe Woods, which we all think they should, but obviously we don't know. I, I certainly think they should that he seems like kind of a mild-mannered guy, too, at least publicly what we see. I feel like they kind of need that badass, not Greg Williams specifically, but somebody with that type of personality on the defensive side that's going to be a little more of an ass-kicker. Do you think that they could use that in this organization? You know what? I don't I don't really know about that because I, I I've seen – so many different kinds of coaches get the job done regardless of what kind of a personality they have. You've got the Dan Campbells, the fiery guys that can get the job done. You've got the Bill Belichicks that uh, get the job done with, you know, not the greatest personality in the world. And, you know, people, he doesn't show uh, positive emotion very often. Uh, So there's just all different kinds of coaches. Uh, I, I think it's really mostly a matter of, you know, just being able to put a good game plan out there. I mean, sometimes you can have players that pick up, uh, you know, that ball of emotion and and put it out there on game day when you need it. So I wouldn't say that they feel like they need to go out and get themselves, you know, a real fireball or anything like that. Mary Kay, will you engage in just a really quick 
little harmless psychological exercise with me. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's a word association. I just need you to say the first thing that comes to your mind, and be honest, when I say these two words. Are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready. Sometimes I actually accidentally swear during these, so I'll try <laughs> not to. Do it. All right, great. Perfect. We like that. <laughs> Mike Prefer. Um, challenging year. Wow. Am I only allowed one word? No, you can say whatever you want. I just really wanted you to be honest about where you think how what what kind of a job he's done and what you uh, what your what you think his future is looking like here. Again, I think uh, special teams and defense did not live up to expectations this season, and they will get a really good hard look in the offseason. And over the next couple of weeks, they're going to sit down and they're going to scrutinize everything about those two units, and they will decide if those coaches are coming back or or if they're not. And I think that's. It's just, you know, something that you can't deny it. I mean, again, if if they had done what they needed to do all season long, I think they would have at least three more victories right now. Do you think that, um, and I, I know this is a, a, I don't mean to put make this an awkward question or anything like that, but do you think Mike Prefer deserved to be here this year based on past, like the past couple of years? I feel like we've been down this road several times. Well, they haven't had stability at kicker, and that's always really hard. And then they really haven't had any returners to speak of. And it's very difficult when you're trying to be the special teams coordinator and you don't have key guys at key positions. Now, Cade York was, right? I mean, he was supposed to come in and really stabilize the kicker job. And it, it just didn't happen. I mean, he really struggled, especially at home. So, you know, I mean, does, does Mike Prefer get a pass for that? Possibly, well, you know, we'll have to see. But I, you know, I think the Cade York situation is one that they are are also going to have to deal with in the offseason. I mean, he's got to get his issues worked out because they cannot have that position be a liability next year. I go, I'm sorry. One more follow up on that. We were we asked this the other day. The chances, why isn't Phil Dawson in here just like working with this kid every single day? Whatever we got to pay him, back up that Jimmy Haslam money truck and just dump it on him. I think it'd be a great idea. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that Cade maybe should check in with in the offseason, spend some time with him, do some clinics with him, or as you mentioned, bring Phil in here. I mean, certainly Joe Thomas has worked with some of the offensive linemen. Uh, you know, he's worked with Jed Wills some. So uh, when you've got a kicker like Phil Dawson at your disposal, why not use him? All right, Mary Kay, give me give me a percentage here. The percent chance that Alex Van Pelt calls the plays for the Browns next year. You know, I think that Kevin Stefanski, once again, and to hear Deshaun tell it, uh, he really likes Kevin. So I don't think it's time to remove Kevin as play caller after only what I consider to be four good games with Deshaun Watson. The first game was the rust game, and this past game was the ice bowl. So I think he'll they'll have about four decent games that you could look at the tape and evaluate it. I don't know that that's enough to decide that Kevin is not the guy to be calling plays for Deshaun Watson. There have been signs that that he's going to be good for Deshaun. So, um, so I think that they would like to see what Kevin can do with him uh, into next season. Now, in the event that the first quarter of the season – doesn't look all that great or the first six games isn't going the way that you want it to that's the time to reevaluate it and see if maybe you might want to do something else and, and, and just a follow-up question to his offense Kevin Stefanski um, has been a run heavy guy 
Um, you know, he's been he's utilized three tight ends. Um, do you think that Stefanski has to dramatically revamp his offensive philosophy to kind of fit a quarterback um, of Deshaun Watson's skill set? Or do you believe um, he's on the right track now? Well, I think we're already seeing signs that things will be different. I mean, we've seen a lot more three wides. We've seen a lot more RPOs, more designed runs. Again, the weather hasn't been conducive to some of those things. Um, but I think that, yes, I think you will see him drastically alter the offense and it will evolve as time goes along uh, as Deshaun has more input and says, hey, I need to do more of this. I mean, they're going to listen to Deshaun Watson. He is their investment. Uh, you know, he is their their cash cow. He is their $230 million man. So what Deshaun wants, Deshaun is going to get. And I think that Kevin Stefanski has enough influences on his career that he has the capacity to call anything or run anything for him. Mary Kay, the Browns locked up Jack Conklin this week. We were very surprised by it. I, I think we were all assuming he would be a cap casualty at the end of this year. He missed most of last season. He hasn't played great this year, especially in the run game. And he's not young. I mean, he's not old, but he's not young. Uh, are you surprised that they went down this road? And they, they're spending a lot of money on the offensive line. And they're going to have to deal with the cap for the first time in forever. What, what did you think about it? Yeah, I was not surprised. Um, I had gotten, uh, I had written about a week before that, that they were looking to extend him. And then we had talked to Jack and Jack was talking about wanting to finish his career here. So yeah. you knew that something had to be in the works for him to be talking like that. Uh, and again, I was able to find out that they were uh, very more than willing to extend him. And uh, so not really surprised about it. And I think the thing is, I mean, it's really hard to find good tackles. The thing to remember about Jack Conklin from this year is that he was the first year removed from a torn patella. That is a hard, hard surgery to come back from. When he's one more year out from that knee surgery, he will be that much better next year. But even 85% of Jack is better than most right tackles. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro, and he will be better next year. So I think this was a great move. What about Jed Wills? How are we feeling about him right now? You know, I think, you know, Jed made some steps forward this year. I think he's got uh, another few levels up that he can go. I think they will pick up the fifth-year option, which they can do by May. That's a club option, uh, and that is for the 2024 season. It's only in the neighborhood of about $14 million. If you haven't made any Pro Bowls, uh, you know, it's kind of the minimum fifth-year option for him. So I think it's kind of a no-brainer for them. That gives them two more years to develop Jed, uh, to see if they can get him up to the point where they want him to be, which is at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, if he doesn't get to that point, you know, maybe they start to reevaluate it then. But as of right now, I think they will move forward with Jed and try to continue to bring him along. Mary Kay, Deshaun Watson's been obviously slowly coming back um, to becoming Deshaun Watson over time with some bumps uh, along the way. And my question is, what's his confidence like right now? You're around him all the time. Does it seem like he is, is it where you want it to be, where it should be, or is he a little shook right now by uh, being rustier than he thought he was. Yeah, no, I, I don't think he feels that way at all about uh, being rustier than he thought he was. The first game, definitely, yes. I think that caught him off guard, uh, but that was as emotional as it was physical. So I think now, uh, you know, you could see, you know, some of the, the joy 
during the, you know, during the Ravens game, uh, you know, in this past game, I thought he actually crossed another hurdle. He had that team in position to win the game at the end, despite the brutal, horrible conditions. So I think he did what he needed to do there in the very end. I mean, it was tough sledding throughout the whole entire game. And I do think that the strategy could have been a little different here and there in the game. But he put them in position to win. And I think it was another box checked for him that he can handle uh, some of these kind of elements. Mary Kay, last thing, um, heading into the offseason, obviously, retooling the front seven is going to be a major priority. The defensive front is terrible outside of Miles Garrett. Uh, defensive tackles are horrible. But on the offensive side, if they're going to change this offense, which G was talking about, you were suggesting they're going to do, obviously with Deshaun Watson, you know, you still want to, ideally Deshaun Watson throws for 4,500 yards and Nick Chubb throws for 1,200 yards and you have a dynamic offense. It seems like to do that, they need to have one more receiver. Obviously, Amari Cooper's good. Donovan Peoples-Jones has continued to progress as a, as a late draft pick, but they do need that one guy that could probably be the third big-time receiver to you know go over the top with with some speed. Is that a priority, do you think? Should it be and will it be for the Browns this offseason? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It 100% definitely should be a priority. And I think they need it to be like a speedy, shifty guy. Almost like, yeah. uh, you know, there are not a lot of uh, Tyreek Hills running sure. around out there. But if you could find somebody in that mold, I think that that is what they need. They need to add some speed. Uh, they need to add that, you know, that sure-handed guy and somebody with a Pro Bowl caliber level of talent that's yeah. what he needs for sure so yeah. i would go ahead and do that it, it should be a priority i don't know yet if it will be i don't know if they see it that way you know they might think hey we've got you know some of these younger guys that are going to just take that that step up but you know one of your speed guys anthony schwartz you just have no idea no. if he's going to turn into a good nfl player so you just can't count on his speed for next year you don't know if he's even going to be able to make the team right. so i would go out and i would find that guy for sure and i would make it uh it would be my number one priority for the offseason mm. uh i don't know if they see it that way but i think that's what they need to do Mary Kay, you're the best. Have a great, uh, happy new year. You doing something exciting for the new year? Any big parties? Yes, I am actually. Yeah, I'm going to uh, Washington and I'm going to be covering a football game. I'm <laughs> leaving on. <laughs> All right. Leaving on New Year's Eve and uh, going to cover the game on New Year's Day. Have fun. We'll see you next year. All right. Okay. Sounds Hi, great. Kay. Thanks, Thanks guys. Mary Kay. We appreciate it. She's the best. I, I think my voice just cracked like I was Peter Brady. I know. Ooh, it sounded like you got like shy around well, Mary Kay at the end. To change, uh -huh. to rearrange.
That's a Brady Bunch reference, yeah. folks. I went and saw you. Greg Brady do his one-man show at Kent State, like he does the guy who plays Greg Brady. Oh yeah, yeah. his name recently? No, no, it was when I was at Kent State. Oh, is he so still it was alive? like twenty years ago. Yeah, twenty years ago he was. Yeah, Barry Williams was his name, and right. he came out. And even at the time, he was probably I don't know fifty-five or something yeah. like that. And he's he put on the mm-hmm. Johnny Bravo jacket and he did did the dance. And he brought it was Ooh. cringe, and we oh, went because it was cringe. Yeah, sure, sure. We sure. weren't like this is gonna be an amazing production yeah we went you know and sure enough it paid off in spades it was real brutal and very poorly attended too (coughs) Mm. (laughs) oh it's so deliciously cringe i took i took something really great from that last one man yeah Yeah. um i took away the fact that i I feel like um mary Kay just basically said as i put words in her mouth um that tell us what tell us what she said in in subtitles (laughs) I feel like Kevin Stefanski don't even got the authority to fire Woods during the season. That may be the case, which, which, and we've been critical of him not firing Joe Woods, and he might not have the ability to. Were you under the impression this whole time that he had the ability to do I that? always assumed yeah, the head I coach did. can fire an assistant coach. Yeah, like, I hired him. I mean, now, she didn't say with 100% no, certainty, no, no, no. But, but it is a team decision. She said they got to sit down and talk, and it don't look like, people don't like to sit down during the season and talk about none of them things, like, it sounded to me like, yeah, he has an input on it, yeah. and they may have already had a, a situation where they've thought like, hey, in passing, yeah, we're probably going to move on, but they they haven't had no big meetings about no, that. Now think about this, though. Mike Tomlin is about to fire their defensive coordinator. Does he give the Roonies a heads up at least and say this is our plan? Sure, you but know what I mean. And, and yeah, if the Roonies, I would think so. and if the Roonies say to him, "We like that defensive coordinator," do they? Does he say, "Well, I'm firing him anyways"? You know, uh, I would imagine this is almost like my guess is that organization. If Mike Tomlin wants to fire, fire somebody, somebody he fires somebody. Yeah. I'm sure, out of respect for the owner, you'd let him give him a heads he would up. Give so him they're a not heads caught up. off guard. Or yeah. the GM, right? Yeah, you know, the GM. But like, yeah, but they, I can't imagine. Art Rooney Jr. or whichever Rooney is in charge now, saying, no, Mike, well, let's keep the defensive But he's clearly I, earned the trust. Sure, he's so been there a long there time. there are some that have not. But I, I don't know. I, I just think, I think the head coach has to have the ability to control his staff. And if you don't trust the head coach to control his staff, well, that's a problem either with you or with the coach. When, right. when you got somebody that's chief of strategy... Like, strategy is in everything. How you evaluate the players. What defense do you run? What offense do you run? What do you call them fourth down? What do you think about this guy? Trade value. Like, strategy is a very wide thing. So, I can't. I can't imagine that Deep Podesta is not. Doesn't have some sort of blueprint as to what type of defensive coordinator that they would like the temperament and what he, how they go about finding that guy. So to me, there was never an option for them to fire. Yeah, was maybe I would that high much, yeah, with that way, much of a chain of a command. I know that's that's this. I was going to ask her this or, or I'm sorry. Is a DD here? Let's ask her. No, not yet. Oh, okay. No, I I was going to ask her this. You got you can answer this um, if in the event heaven forbid Joe Woods were to uh, take his leave from our team and our fair city. <laughs> Who's who, does anyone spring to mind right off the top of your head that would be a, an excellent replacement? Who well, would you be excited I, about getting in here? To I'll tell you, I brought up. I don't know if you brought it up yesterday, G or or uh, Tyvis. I don't remember, but Brian Flores, who was the head coach mm-hmm. of the Dolphins, mm-hmm. I love that. Man. I think he's got like at first I was thinking Mike Zimmer, but Mike Zimmer's a little old, he's and he's Dion. doing with Dion right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean I think he'd rather have an NFL job. Sorry, but, Coach Prime. Sorry, Coach Prime. Yeah. Huh? yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, 
I, I who, think, and, and it's got you got to think like somebody who would be like a good contrast to Stefanski, well, right? And, and, the, and who would work well with yes, him. Yes, Brian Flores is a very different personality than Kevin, which Stefanski. might be very good. He's right? more of a hard ass type of coach. Okay, I think they need that on defense. Yeah, and something I know, I don't know who somebody said it this morning. You, you were saying you were mentioning you heard somebody say this, and I agree. Like Brian Flores, if it goes south with Stefanski. Yeah. You could make Brian Flores the head coach because he's been a head coach in the league. Now, none of us want that to happen. We want it to go well. Right. But I think Kev, I think Brian Flores, if I remember correctly in Miami, they played a very aggressive style of defense. Very aggressive. Right? And that's what this team needs. You have corners. Denzel Ward is at his best when he's playing aggressive football. Yeah. And he should be a pro bowler. I mean, he really should. Now, some of it's on him, certainly, mm-hmm. this year. But I think Brian Flores is a good choice. I, I do too. I like him. Um, one of the things that we haven't talked about, though, is this: we, we, a couple of years ago, we went through a, a few different uh, regime changes, and the one <laughs> I love. Just, listen to that sentence. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a few, just a couple. Regime changes. There we go. So we got the coup. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> when you got to, when the military dictator took Kim over, Kim Jong usurped <laughs> the throne from his uncle. Right, right, right. Then he poisoned all his mm-hmm. other family members. Yeah. Not like. We've gone from four threes to yeah. three fours to right. Mike Patton ran a hybrid and then somebody wanted to run nickel 85% of the time. Yeah. These things matter because if you want a defensive coordinator and you just like him because he has a, the temperament you like, does what he wants to run uh, coincide with, with what you have on the roster? Sure. Absolutely. And, and yeah. so it could take you four years to transfer mm-hmm. from a 4-3 to a 3-4. Right. Mm-hmm. And this team, now this team does need to transition their talent up front, but the, the talent you have in the secondary, it's staying. Like they're not, there. we may be down on Grant Delpit, but he's going to be here next year. I mean, maybe John Johnson is gone, but Ward and Newsom and Emerson and Delpit, those guys are all back. Like they're going to be here. So maybe you change one of your safeties out, but the front seven, I would think there's a lot of flexibility but yeah, I mean, if you change, if you t- if you go to a defensive coordinator that wants to play a three-four now, that's a pretty dr- drastic difference. Very, because now yeah. you say, what do I do with Miles Garrett? He's right. not a, a really a five technique, which is head up on a tackle. Yeah, it could help you in one way or shape or form. You don't need disruptive linemen. All you need is guys to take up blocks. Right. So you, you can a Jordan Elliott could take up a block or a nose tackle that gives you no pass rush ability. Yeah. Can, can take up. But here's a problem. You, you you need two middle linebackers. Yeah, they, they don't. Got one. They they need to stick with four and three. Yeah, yeah, but that is the nice thing though about yeah. having if they did want to implement some new kind of system. Like, what are they going to do? Screw up what's going on now, yeah, you know, no, and it's, you know, with it, they, like if you threw this at these players next year, would they just be like, we can't adjust. We already had this figured out. They obviously don't can't well, they do don't it. have it figured That's out. That's what I'm saying. No. So it's, it can't be much of an no. adjustment guys before we get, we're going to bring in a DD in here oh, good. in just a little bit, but uh, first I want to talk about memberships. Mm. Gee, we got a, a new thing for the last couple of months here where we've been allowing people to become members uh, there's the starters tier for $1.99, and then the coaches tier, which we love, $4.99 per month. Well, if you're a member of the coaches tier, you get exclusive access to the bonus content that we do almost every day. I'm not going to guarantee every day, but almost every day when we're in studio. Uh, we hadn't done it Friday or Monday because we were working from home, but today we're going to do some bonus content. I believe we're going to talk about the Guardians mm-hmm. in overtime today, and that's content that's in addition to what we're talking about on the show 
that you will exclusively have, plus the emojis, plus the shout-outs, plus the uh, badges and all the other. You know, I'm going to add something <clears throat> else, too. Yeah. I'm just going to – I'm throwing this out there. I'm, I know that we haven't cleared this or anything like that, so yeah. this legally might not stand, but I, wanted, I, want, I want to contribute to this and to say thanks to the top-tier members. Um, let us know when your birthday is. And I'll send you a personal video message in which I tell you some depressing facts about existence. <laughs> so on your, on your birthday, I will send you... I know I'm a couple months late, but can I get a video for sure, that? Sure, of course. Like I'll send you some you depressing know, you facts. So on your birthday, <clears throat> if we have a, you tell us when your birthday is, I'll send you like three depressing facts just about your mm. existence. You so that is just for the, co the coaches tier. That's like cameo. Like, like yeah. he's going to give you a cameo. Yes. Like, Yo, I do up? my cameo videos. Do you videos. know what would go great with a depressing video too? What's that, a Bill Bar? whiskey. Oh, oh good, Cleveland yeah. Whiskey's Christmas bourbon is available no now. Visit mm -hmm. your local liquor store to take some more home today. Yep. Whiskey, without limits. Please drink responsibly. Cleveland whiskey and a built bar. That's and called I, a Cleveland breakfast. And, and we do have Cleveland this, whiskey. This isn't even clear yet, but we are working on something for the coaches tier where we can communicate with you guys during the game. We don't have it all figured out yet, but we're trying to figure out a way yeah. to get more interactive. Stay tuned uh, stay for that. Stay tuned for that, but it's yeah. going to be really cool. You might like it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.